today's ice roast, Evan Sidery, and this could be a different episode today. I was actually on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Show with Josh Lloyd of Locked On Podcast Network, and went about 15 minutes with Josh talking about the Suns and Orlando from a fantasy perspective, from Devin Booker to who could be the back of guard spots, how some bigs are going to fare there as well, the minutes rotations, how Kelly Oubre, if he plays or if he doesn't play, will impact the Suns down in Orlando. A lot of fun stuff Josh and I hit on here, so I'm going to play this part of the episode here. It's going to be only about a 20-minute episode today, talking through with Josh about the Phoenix Suns and what can happen for them down in Orlando from a fantasy perspective. So I hope you all enjoy, and we're going to roll right into our episode here with Josh Lloyd. To the Western Conference, and we're going to talk Phoenix Suns, and to do that, I'm joined by one of the hosts of the Locked On Suns podcast, Evan Sidery, is here with me. Evan, Phoenix, um, you're right down the bottom of the Western Conference battle here for a playoff spot, but they're just happy to be involved in the, in this mix, in this restart. So you know, what, what, what are they looking for here? Because getting to the playoffs is pretty tough, given how far back they are from it, not, not only the eight seed, but even from the playoff or the play-in game type scenario. So what's Phoenix looking for? Do they think they can get to that play-in game area, or are they just looking to get extra experience with their team? What's the idea here with the Suns? Yeah, the idea for this team, as far as the Orlando bubble goes, they want to make that improbable run, Josh, but it's going to have to take an 8-0 start for this team to even have a chance of sniffing that play-in tournament. So very long odds there, less than 1% of that happening. But in the meantime, if that doesn't happen, which seems very unlikely, they're going to try to play spoiler here. They're going to try to develop these young players like Cam Johnson, Ty Jerome. Also, Devin Booker's going to be playing a lot of minutes, too. DeAndre, and this is a very important time for DeAndre to get more minutes. He's played less than 100 games so far in his NBA career. So very important time for him as well as Mikhail Bridges too if Kill Ubre doesn't play, which seems 50-50 at this point, because Ubre spoke to the media this time a few days ago. He mentioned that it's up to the medical staff there. So that's still up in, up in flux there. So Mikhail could have a really good opportunity there. So it's a lot of young guys and a lot of opportunity. But this Suns team, Monty Williams mentioned before on Zoom calls that they, they have the playoff mentality. They want to go for it and see what happens. But if they don't, they're gonna try to play spoiler here and play not only their star players, but also a lot of young guys too. They're in a different spot to, well, actually, they're in a similar spot to some teams, but their approach is quite different. Um, you look at how Brooklyn and Washington are approaching it. They're, a lot of their stars aren't there. I worry about how those rotations are going to look. And then you look at the top end, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks. they're going to be resting guys liberally. I don't really think that's going to be the case for Phoenix. I think we're going to get, as you said, you have really strong Booker minutes, really strong eight minutes. Bridges playing a lot. A lot of Cam Johnson there as well. In fact, I'm pretty sure we'll see more Cam Johnson play than we will Dario Saric. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think we're going to see a lot more small ball. Monty mentioned it to us as well. He wants to experiment with Dead Booker at point guard. So he could see a lot of minutes with a lot of the wings playing with Booker at point, as well as playing Dario at small ball five. Cam even playing some more four and some three. So I think a lot more minutes in kind for Cam Johnson, especially I think he's the biggest beneficiary. And especially if Kelly's out, I think Mikhail and Cam are the biggest beneficiaries as far as minutes go. And I think he's going to mix it up to Monty Williams mentioned he's going to try some new lineups we haven't seen before. So it's going to be a little bit of experimentation time between us. Well, initially we had, I think it was Robert Sava that said that no, Ubre was he was going to be fine. And then it came out that no, he wasn't going to be participating. And now you're saying he's sort of 50-50. So what's with all the back and forth here about Ubre's status? So if you did have that knee injury, that was probably going to be a couple of months injury at some point, probably going to wipe him out for the regular season. But of course, we're four months removed from that. So where do we sit with where his injury was and which way do you think it's leaning? Yeah, it's been very confusing and interesting just a lot of back channels a lot of back and forth between Ubre, the medical staff like you mentioned robert sarver and james jones mentioned i think three weeks ago at this point that Ubre was probably slated to play in these games then sham sharani's report came out that Ubre is like to sit out but now after we spoke to kelly Ubre yesterday on zoom his quote right here he said 
I'm here to constantly get better with my guys each day. The health status is up to the staff. I feel fine right now. So it seems like he is down to play, but he also mentioned that mentally he wants to get in that space of playing again. So it seems like it's more so on the medical staff here. So your guess is as good as mine, Josh. I think before we spoke to Kelly this week, it was more like an 85 to 15% chance he was going to play. But now I'm closer to like 60-40 he ends up playing because he even spoke about what jersey, people on the back of his jersey, what the, what the minutes be like here in Orlando. So he seems like he wants to play. And if the medical staff clears him, Monty Williams mentioned a couple more benchmarks for him in the past before they even get him into on-court work. It's very confusing this time as far as Uber goes. I think it's going to come down to the wire a little bit with Kelly. So we'll probably know more probably in about a week or so if he's going to actually play in these games. But it's been very confusing to say the least. And this isn't the first time it's happened with Kelly Bray too because there's an injury in the preseason of last year oh, where right. he hurt, hurt himself. And it seemed like it was a lot of back and forth between Kelly Oubre's team as well as the Phoenix Suns as to what the timetable was there. So been very confusing. And I think overall it's really almost 50-50 for me as far as he's going to play. So it's kind of the wire there. It's really important for people who are playing fantasy in this restart situation because if Oubre is out, Mikael Bridges was already a top 100 player this season. And if he is, if Oubre is out, then Bridges is probably going to jump in the top 50 or top 60 players of guys who are going to be participating in Orlando. And it puts Johnson in the mix as well, a guy that's going to hit a ton of threes, going to do it you know, relatively efficiently, well, not relatively, yeah, really strong efficiency, 40% on three in his, uh, in his rookie season. If those minutes pump up, which I expect them to do if Oubre sits out, he's going to be an interesting one to look at. Now, now, the, the, the Phoenix Suns are an interesting team when we talk point guards. A few years ago, they had too many point guards. Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, Goran Dragic, too many point guards. What are you doing? And then they had no point guards. And it was like, who the hell is handling the ball? And now they've got Ricky Rubio in, who's been really successful. And about seven guys to back him up. And now there's talk of Devin Booker playing backup point guard. So there's Javon Carter, there's Ty Jerome, there's Ali Okoba, who appears as far on the way out as anybody could possibly be. And they just signed Cameron Payne. And there's Jalen LeCue. So... What I want to ask for you is, Rubio is going to start. I, I think that given he is not a part of this young core moving forward, that he might play you know, maybe one or two fewer minutes. It's important to have him out there, but he won't be as prioritized as much as Booker and Aiton and Bridges and Johnson. But who comes in behind him? Will it be Carter and Jerome? Why did they sign Payne when there's already a million other point guards on this team? Like, What's happening with that backup guard rotation? Yeah, at the moment, I would lean towards Booker playing a lot of backup point guard when Rubio sits. They're, like I mentioned before, I think they're going to try to at least win these eight games. So Monty mentioned that he wants to see more of Booker as the primary initiator, so we'll see a lot more of him when Rubio sits. Booker will stay on the court and play a lot of heavy minutes and try to at least be the primary facilitator there. And throughout the season here in Phoenix, it's been a really a carousel as far as backup point guard spark goes. Started with Elio Kobo. He did very bad for himself in that role. Went to Javon Carter. He was very shaky there. Ty Jerome, like he wasn't ready for NBA minutes. Went down to the G League for a little bit as well and tried to get more comfortable in the NBA speed. But now, like you mentioned, the same Cameron Payne, Monty Williams mentioned that he has a very good like 50-50 chance of winning these battles with Ty Jerome, Elio Kobo, Javon Carter for these minutes. So I expect none of those four guys to play in the first few games, but the Suns get out of it. I would lean towards Ty Jerome because he, they spent a first-round pick on him last year in that trade for Aaron Baines. They see him as, at least at the moment, as part of the young core. So I would lean towards Ty Jerome. Cameron Payne may be an outside chance there, but like you mentioned, Elliot Kobo is probably on the way out after this year. He has a non-guaranteed contract for 2020-2021. And Javon Carr's restricted free agent, too. Maybe he used for his defense a little bit in spot minutes there, but I would lean towards Ty Jerome if I had to pick one backup point guard play like 10 minutes per game. But at the moment, for these first few games, I would lean a lot towards only two guys playing that point guard spot, Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker. So if Booker is playing those backup point guard minutes, who's the backup shooting guard on this team? Because I don't really think they have one. 
No, yeah, it's a really good question. And with the way that the team is structured right now, not a lot on the wing. If Kelly Oubre doesn't play, you're only down to two wings in this roster, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. So I would lean towards Cam and Mikhail taking those minutes. But I think the best guy, at least off the ball, would be Javon Carter because we've seen him play minutes yeah. alongside Devin Booker in that pesky, pesky role as far as being an on-ball defender regarding one. So I think Javon Carter might be the backup two in that situation, but they're trying to win these games. I would lean towards Cam Johnson. He's going to be playing, I think, the two, three, and the four down Orlando, playing around 25, 30 minutes per game if all goes well. And especially if Kelly Oubre misses these games, he's going to be playing a lot more than everyone expects. So I would lean towards Cam Johnson in that role with Mikhail probably starting at the three. But I would also not love Javon Carter playing some spot minutes there as well because he's the one most comfortable alongside Booker in that off-ball role. We saw at times this season uh, Monty Williams decide that he was going to play Aaron Baines and DeAndre Ayton together. They only played 53 minutes together, but they still played 53 minutes. They started a couple of games together as well. Will we see any of that here, um, or is it just strictly going to be Baines getting the cleanup minutes behind Ayton? Yeah, it's going to be strictly Baines playing backup now. Monty mentioned before that he didn't outright say this, but he came out really pretty much saying in, in March after he experimented with that, that was kind of a mistake on his end. They got ran off the court in one of those games in a small ball lineup, and Baines and Aiden could not handle that situation. They, of course, had a really good game together against the New York Knicks, I believe, during that time period. But the next few games were really an egg on the face of Monty Williams. He mentioned that that would be the end of that baines eight experiment. So I would lean towards Baines playing around 15 minutes per game back in his usual bench role, playing that stretch five role. But I also wouldn't rule out them going more and more small because Monty seems like he really wants to go in that route and maybe even less minutes for Aaron Baines down Orlando because I think we're going to see Dario Scharz play a lot of backup five too. He seemed like he did really well in that role late in the season before the, the season went on pause there. So I would maybe lean towards Dario maybe playing more minutes at the five than Aaron Baines in Orlando. Interesting. So where does that leave then the other big man? Frank Kaminsky, who was a regular part of the rotation before his knee injury. Is he ready to go? Will he play? Um, will it be uh, Cech Diallo who, who gets in there? Or will they just literally run Baines and uh, Aiden as the centers and then Sharic and, and Johnson? But then I guess you run into the problem is if you're running Johnson a lot at the four or Bridges at the four, then who the hell is playing the two? Because as we mentioned, they're the only other two options to play there. So will we be getting any Frank Kaminsky minutes? I think we'll see some spot minutes for Kaminsky. I think it's been a lot lower minute usage than we saw throughout the season there because he started to get phased out once everyone got healthy there. went down about 15, 16 minute per game roll. And it might be even lower down Orlando when the, the Suns in win now mode because Kaminsky, when he had to play those those five minutes with Baines and Aiton both out, he went really bad for the Suns. And even when Baines, Aiton, and Sharks were all out there together healthy, he was very much almost in an inactive role, playing around 10, 12 minutes per game there. So if it does come to spot minutes there, I lean towards Kaminsky, but we might, the Suns might be down to an eight-man rotation down in Orlando, at least for the first few games until they're officially knocked out. Why'd they sign Cameron Payne back to that? Like, if they, what, what's, what's the idea behind? Like, do they just have no faith in these guys? There are so many options there. Like, surely there were shooting guard, small forward type players available that they could have brought in. Like, what's the idea with Payne? Do they want to play him off ball? Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, with Karen Payne, I think they they like what he saw in G League this year for the Dallas Legends. He did very well as a playmaker. Monty Williams also has the relationship with from Karen Payne in Oklahoma City when he was the assistant coach there behind Billy Donovan. They have a relationship still, and Monty Williams is the one that actually called Karen Payne asking if he was interested. So it's not like this was a move that Monty Williams wanted to make more so than James Jones. So I think that's why he's be getting more an opportunity than many expect because they want to see him. They signed him to a two-year deal. Of course, 2020, 2021 is non-guaranteed. So I think campaigns got to show himself in practices and maybe in these minutes in Orlando, if he does get an opportunity in Orlando to show he's a part of this core for next season. But I think it's interesting that Monty Williams, the one that came out and reached out to Karen Payne and the one kind of campaigning to James Jones for him to sign in Phoenix because of that relationship they have. So I don't think it's a good look for guys like Elliot Kobo, Javon Carter, especially Ty Jerome, that they went out and signed Karen Payne because 
it seems like Monty Williams isn't, isn't comfortable right now with those three guys at the backup point guard spot and maybe why they're going more towards that shortening that point guard role that maybe Devin Booker in Orlando. There's also Jalen LeCue, who they signed to a four-year deal, some of that non-guaranteed straight after the draft. He's 20 years of age, barely played at all this season, uh, only played the four games in about 25 minutes over the course of, of the season. But let's go more to the pointy end of the roster. What are we looking at from Devin Booker? We know, you know what he did this year, 26 points per game, almost seven assists, you know, true shooting of 62%. You took another step forward. What's his next evolution here in Orlando? Yeah, I think in Orlando, I would buy very high on Devin Booker from a fantasy perspective because I think he's going to be playing a lot of minutes. He played 36 minutes per game this season for the Suns, one of the leaders in minutes per game this year. But I think it might go up to 37, 38 in Orlando, at least for the first few games so the Suns are officially knocked out there. And Booker's been always wanting to get this chance of sniffing at the playoffs. And even though it's less than 1% chance the Suns make it and go on this improbable 8-0 run, I think he's going to take full advantage of this. I think he's one of the more dangerous players down in Orlando from a fantasy perspective because he's going to be putting up a lot of points and a lot of shots there, and he's going to try to will this team to victory on most nights. So I think Booker is actually one of those players who could really benefit in this Orlando bubble. Kind of, He's mentioned before on the Zoom calls to us that he wants to make himself known more around the league as a one of the top players in the NBA. So I think he, it's on his mind and his mentality that he wants to maybe take that leap, so to say, in Orlando heading into 2020-21. So I would very much buy high on Booker from a fantasy perspective in Orlando. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a real chance he's a top 15 at worst player in this restart. And I think you'll probably have Aiton pushing towards uh, being a, a top 20 sort of a guy as well in, in pretty comfortably. Both those guys should be in that top uh, top 15, top top 10, maybe top 10. Booker in, in that area definitely uh, would be something that I'd be looking at. So um, some, some real interesting stuff here for Phoenix in this restart. Again, looking at it from a different way than teams like Brooklyn and Washington are. And that Ubre one is going to change so much about this rotation if he is or is in or is out evan's going to have it covered for us all over on locked on suns thank you evan for coming on locked on fantasy with me absolutely josh anytime